0: Jimmy Allen here, listening as I join Kelly and Amber on Amazon Music's new podcast, Country Heat Weekly. I'm going to start calling y'all Camber. <laughs> Camber. I like it. Here we go.
1: Welcome to this week's edition of Country Heat Weekly, the new podcast destination for country music fans to get caught up on all things hot and happening in Nashville. I'm Kelly
2: Sutton. And I'm Amber Anderson, coming to you from 16th Avenue South here in Nashville, right in the heart of Music Row. Truly, Big Machine Records is right up the street. On our front porch, you can see Garth Brooks' place across the way. Yep.
1: We really are in the heart of where all the action is happening.
2: Right in the middle of it. And Kelly and I both work in the music industry. And we love getting together every week to talk about what's happening in the Country Heat universe. With more music, more artists, more heat. And we have so much packed in for our next half hour. Jimmy Allen is here, y'all. I cannot wait. So (laughs) much to talk about with him. Dancing with the Stars. Uh, His CMA win. His Grammy nomination. Disney. Kelly. Kelly. Just a tiny bit. I mean, we're
1: both Disney fans. I know, I know. Just a little bit. (laughs) Plus, we are also going to check on our heat index, which is where we find out what's hot on the Amazon Country Heat playlist. And we've
2: also got something new, a feature called Family Tree, where we are going to be talking to the family members of Country Stars. Yeah, I don't know if you know this about me, but I tend to
1: collect country music family members, especially parents. Like if I see them on the side of the red carpet standing in the back of an event, I'm going to go get them because I want to interview
2: them. I do know this about you. I've seen some of these red carpet interviews, Big John, yes. Osborne, for one. So who are we starting off with? So this week we're going to be Chatting
1: with Maddie Jackson Seligman. She has an incredible book out called Lemons on Friday. She is the oldest daughter of Alan Jackson, and boy, does she have some fun stories to
2: share about the perks of her dad being a superstar. Sweet tea will be spilled. Mm-hmm. We'll also test your country music knowledge with a pop quiz we do each week called Who Said That? But first, we're going to check in on what's cooking in Music City. So the 2022 Grammy nominees were announced
1: right before Thanksgiving. And as we mentioned a minute ago, Jimmy Allen was nominated in the all genre category for best new artist. There are four different all genre categories. He is the only country artist to be nominated in any of them. And they're all going to be put against each other. So he's going up against R&B and pop and everybody
2: else. Incredible. Mickey Guyton and Chris Stapleton tied for the most nominations in country. They will compete against each other in three categories. Best country song, Best Country Album, and Best Country Solo. The Recording Academy doesn't separate the girls and guys. They throw them all in together.
1: And they also don't separate duos from groups. And unlike the country award shows, duo awards at the Grammys can go to people who aren't full-time duos. So yeah, Dan and Shay and Brothers Osborne got nominations, but you also got nominations for Carrie Underwood and Jason Aldean in there. And Maren Morris and Ryan Hurd. Yeah, and L King and Miranda Lambert. Such a fun category. But speaking of fun things,
2: you were a part of telling Walker Hayes about his Grammy nomination. Oh, my gosh, I was. And it was absolutely every bit as awesome as it looked on social media. Truly an unforgettable moment and morning for us. For sure.
1: uh, your day job is working for a publishing and management company called Smack Songs and mm-hmm. Walker is one of the artists
2: signed to Smack. So give us the inside <laughs> scoop on what was going on in the office that morning. Yes. So we had Walker come in to record some liners, which for those of you who don't know, liners are just kind of the, hey, I'm Walker Hayes sound bites that you hear on radio and whatnot. So he had a bunch of these to read and we had The liners printed out on paper. So we were holding them up for him to read. And the very last liner was him saying, I'm Walker Hayes, and I just got my very first Grammy nomination for Best Country Song for Fancy Like. And his face, it kind of clicked to him. So we got to capture that all on video and got to share in that moment with him. So in other breaking
1: news, I was wrong about something. Oh,
2: That's breaking news.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I meant. I meant news came out that has proved me wrong. Florida Georgia Line has announced a
2: handful of tour dates for 2022. Yes, this was surprising because I think the buzz on Music Row has been that they might be calling it quits as a duo. Yeah, that's
1: basically what I was thinking too. When they canceled their tour last fall and they let their band and crew go, it sure seemed like it was going to be the end for them. And then they both released solo music, so I thought the writing was on the wall, but fear not, FGL fans. So far, they've unveiled half a dozen festival dates for 2022. Well, this is good. This is good. I do love them live. So do you think it's all good in the FTL camp, or do you think that there's just a whole lot of money to be made?
2: You know, I don't know. I think there comes a point in groups and duos Mm. where they're going to go off and do their own thing, just kind of see what's out there and kind of follow their own creative lane. But I think at the end, they're always going to come back together and make more music. I know their fans are definitely happy about that. Like I said, I love them live, so I'm excited to get to another date for sure. Definitely pick up some tickets for one of those festivals then. Oh, one more thing, Kelly. Have you heard about the latest artists to open their own restaurant and bar?
1: I know Blake is going to be opening an old red location in Las
2: Vegas. I was actually there for that announcement. Oh, that's fun. Yes. Those, those are everywhere. I just saw one in Orlando this weekend. But another artist has announced their very first restaurant location since then. Another Oki, in fact. Reba.
1: Ah. Oh this is going to be incredible. Although to be honest, I didn't think there was any room left on Broadway for another (laughs) artist bar.
2: I know. Which for those
1: of you that don't know, Broadway is our main strip in downtown Nashville where all the legendary honky tonks are. They sit between the boot shops and
2: other artist bars. Right. It's really the first stop for tourists, any tourist coming to town. And home to bars themed after artists including Luke Bryan, Miranda Lambert, Alan Jackson, and Dierks Bentley. But this isn't happening in nashville unfortunately bad news for us is good news for the community of atoka oklahoma it's going to be called rebus place and it's being opened in partnership with the choctaw nation of oklahoma hang on a minute let me see
1: okay it looks like we would either fly into oklahoma city or dallas to get there so we're going we're
2: going road Road trip. trip If you're new to the podcast, Country Heat Weekly gets its name from Amazon Music's flagship country playlist, Country Heat, which has 13 billion streams. The Country Heat family also includes a radio station and a hosted playlist where Kelly is the host. That's right. Just ask Alexa to play Country Heat
1: in DJ mode, or you can search it on your Amazon Music app. But basically, anything that has Country Heat in the title means you're going to get the hottest new music coming out of Nashville.
2: What's catching your ear right now? Well, to no one's surprise. I love the old Dominion song they've added to the playlist, All I Know About Girls.
0: girls
2: Well, this one hits close to home for me. Mm -hmm. My magnificent boss, Shane McAnally, co-wrote and produced this song. This whole album, Time, Tequila, and Therapy. I have been listening to it nonstop. They actually made this in the mountains of North Carolina. And I know what an intensive creative process this was. And just to hear what came out of that, it's just been really special for me. And I, of course, I just love everything they do. I don't, every song they put out, I know I'm going to love it. And this is, this one's no different.
1: It's so funny because to me, Old Dominion is like, an all-star basketball team because (laughs) Brad Tersey was an incredible writer on his own. Matt Ramsey was an incredible writer on his own. Trevor was an Mm -hmm. incredible writer on his own. And then you put all of them together and you add Jeff and, you know, Wit, who is still my favorite. (laughs) Wit never speaks in interviews, but he's always my favorite. But when you put them all together, it's this magic that happens because Mm -hmm. they all are so amazing on their own. So together, it is like the all-star squad. That's what I think Old Dominion is.
2: I completely agree, 100%.
1: So we all know that country collaborations are all the rage right now, but there's a new one that I'm really loving. And it's kind of crazy because it came out of left field, I think. Russell Dickerson has a song called Home Sweet that he already released, but now he's re-released it with Lady A.
2: It it to a completely new level. I love Russell's voice. I love Lady A's sound. And together, it's magic.
1: Charles Kelly was a writer on the song. So having this all come together, it makes sense when you know mm-hmm. that. And that's how it started. But hearing the beginning versions of Home Sweet, I loved the song anyway. And then having all of the harmonies come in with
2: Lady Ugh. A. Next level. Next level. Level. Mm-hmm. I need them to do more together. Yes. It just sounds. This is actually one that I listened to on repeat over Thanksgiving break. So <laughs> I'm glad you picked that one as a favorite because it's one of mine too. There's a bunch of great collabs on the playlist right now, including a new one from Cole Swindell and Lainey Wilson, the Dierks Bentley song with Hardy and Breland that we talked about last week. Beers on me, yeah.
1: Yes. And you've got Chris Young and Mitchell Tenpenny at the end of a bar, which Mitchell had the best publicity stunt ever a couple of weeks ago. He actually proposed to his girlfriend at the end of the bar where they met.
2: I saw that. Losers in Midtown. Mm-hmm. Losers is a very, very popular local hangout bar that I'm sure many, many songs have been inspired. <laughs> By losers over right. the years. <laughs> but congrats to Mitchell and Megan. Also, Kelly, have you heard the latest Amazon original Christmas song?
1: My heart is a Christmas tree farm. There's a light in the barn. We'd run inside out from the cold in the town. Taylor Swift. I love it. It's called Christmas Tree Farm, which fun fact. Taylor actually grew up on a
2: Christmas tree farm in Pennsylvania before she moved to Tennessee in high school. So I have to ask, can we do a whole podcast episode on Christmas music? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) We
1: can decorate the studio. We could eat some Christmas cookies. I'm in. Okay.
2: Okay, here we go, Amber. Are you ready to play Who Said That? I am. This is where we read a quote from one of our friends on the Country Heat playlist, and everyone at home tries to guess Who said that?
1: Now, it's kind of hard to believe that anybody in country music would say this, but here we go. This is going to be a really unpopular opinion, but I'm not a huge Christmas music guy, but I'm not a Grinch.
2: Well, sounds like a Grinch to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you said Christmas guy, so clearly it wasn't Carrie Underwood. No, it was not. Keep listening, and in just a minute, we'll tell you who said that right here on Country Heat Weekly. Okay, it's time to tell you who said that. So backstage at the CMA Radio Remotes, I was asking all of the artists to tell us their favorite Christmas song, thinking that it would be a good holiday time burning question segment, right?
4: Then this happened. You know what? This is going to be a really unpopular opinion, but I'm not a huge Christmas music guy. I'm not. Even our friend back here looked at me like, you've just committed career suicide by saying that. But it's true. I'm not a Grinch. I do love Christmas. But it's like, it starts... I mean, the day after Halloween, you're in the mall and it's like, I'll be home for Christmas. And I'm like, I wasn't even home for Halloween and it's not even Thanksgiving yet.
1: <laughs> Luke Combs. Combs. I told him that I was going to save this audio for whenever he put out a Christmas album. And he told me if the day ever did come where he put out a Christmas
2: album, he would give me $1,000. Well, I hope that you kept that recording in a very safe place. You know I am. <laughs>
0: I now, like a picture
1: in a frame. It's hard to know where to even start with an introduction to Jimmy Allen. I mean, he was named top new male artist at the ACM Awards. He just won best new artist at the CMA Awards. His current album, Betty James, features collaborations with everybody from Brad Paisley, Keith Urban and Tim McGraw to Pitbull, Nelly, and the Oak Ridge Boys. He's a father of three. He has a children's book. He competed on Dancing with the Stars. And he was the only country artist nominated this year for an
2: all-genre Grammy Award.
0: Time's been we, were young, and for-
2: we are here with... The busiest man in country music. Hey, here we are. Mr. Jimmy Allen. Oh, yes. yes. Thanks Hello. for being so here. Thanks for
0: having me. Love y'all. I love what you're doing. So it's good to sit here and have our girl talk. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. We're gonna <laughs> do, do
1: it. it. For people that know you and have been following your journey, you know, just knowing all the stuff that you've gone through and, and knowing the struggle that it's been, how did you not give up?
0: Well, definitely a lunatic. For sure, because I'm so bullheaded on this is what I want to do, this is how I want to do it. And I feel like everyone should be that passionate about who they are and what they want to do. Because you start making mistakes and you start living for other people, then you're not happy. Because for me, the homelessness and working three jobs or whatever, it, w- it was just a current reality. It wasn't forever. And, and I was able to see where I am now. Like I saw myself, you know, winning a CMA. I saw myself being nominated for a Grammy. I saw myself as a, as a father. I saw myself as a husband. I just had to go, you know, a different path than, than everyone else.
1: Let's talk about the Grammy nom. You just yeah. brought it up. Woo! That was a big moment. And it was it was so incredible to see your name in an all-genre category. Like you said, you, you knew it in your heart that one day you would be nominated, but you probably thought it would be in the country
0: category. Definitely did, but... I feel like it was the work and the collaboration I did outside of our genre mm-hmm. that got people outside of our genre to vote for me. Just creating music and being me, you know what I mean, got us that nomination. The cool thing is I get to represent country music in the midst of all these other genres. That was that was made it so special for me.
2: That is so important. Yeah. Um, you know, from from me sitting here, representation is so important. And then to go a step further and you are kind of in this situation, the face of country music, it means so much.
0: That's what my buddy was telling me. He said, Jimmy, even if you don't win, he said the fact that you're a black man with a Grammy nomination because of the success you've had in country music. And I was like, man. He said, no, I'm going to say it again. You're a black man with a Grammy nomination because of the success you had in country music. He said, that right there, bro, is a moment of its own. And you're going to be able to inspire so many people, not just in country music, but anyone that's chasing some sort of dream where there's not a lot of people that look like them. It's saying, you know what? It's okay to be the first. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be the only one. But
1: I also, I just want to go back to, to the tenacity because... Being here and hitting your head against the wall for as long as you did, why didn't you go, okay, I'm really great at music, country music, if you don't want me, fine, I'm going to zigzag and go over here and I'm going to do something r and bi I'm going to do hip hop, I'm going to do, I mean, you could have done another type. Why was country so important to you?
0: I'm stubborn. <laughs> if there's something I want, I go get it. And I don't stop until I do. And then once I get it, I make the most out of that moment and we keep going to the next thing. Because I had an offer from, there's this hip hop artist that has a pretty successful label. He offered me a deal years ago and I turned it down. The signing bonus was $3.2 million. Ooh. And I was broke at the time. But it wasn't what I wanted to do. They wanted to make me like a hip hop version of One Republic. But that's not what I do, that's not me. You know what I mean? They didn't want me to wear my cowboy boots, couldn't talk about my small town, couldn't chew my tobacco. That's a problem right there. That's a deal breaker. (laughs) First, I want to thank my father, who's no longer with us, for introducing me to country music.
2: The CMA, Mm -hmm. New Artist of the Year. Kelly and I were there. Mm. You should have seen us. It was like we were your family. <laughs> we were crying. Saying We were high-fiving. You started crying. my we fifth
0: time crying harder. on ABC within a month. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's what ABC stands for, always be crying. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love you.
2: I mean, I know that there was probably so much going mm. through your head at that moment, but when they called your name, what was
0: happening? Well, first, Dulé started saying the name again with an S. And I was like... Because he was like, S. I was like, what, what S? And I was like, well, I ain't winning this. So I put my head down. I was like, ready to, con- to congratulate whoever won. And then when he said Jimmy Allen, I was like, oh, it was a pause. I was so excited. I stood up. I took a step forward. I was like, wait, I better kiss my wife. It's on TV. She'll kill me. Turn back around, kiss my wife. And I just started crying because, <clears throat> you know, you start thinking about everything you've sacrificed to get to that point. You know, I started thinking about. Living in that trailer with no electric, living in my car, not eating for a week, working three jobs at a time, ruining friendships and relationships because it didn't line up with my life path. Dancing with the stars. Mm. Let's talk about that. Honestly, the hardest thing I've ever done. We danced seven days a week, rehearsed Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, camera blocking in L.A. on Sunday, and show on Monday. And I was still touring at the time, still doing my book tour, Still doing other TV shows, and I have two businesses in Delaware that I check up on. So doing all that while doing Dance with the Stars, um, but they let my partner Emma go with me everywhere I went. You know, so on show days, I'd fly in, do radio interview, do book, meet and greet, go to rehearsal, come back, do radio hang, play the show, hop on a plane that night, fly to the next city. And it was just fun to be in that moment. And my whole goal on that show was just to make it to week four, Disney week. After that, I was good. Come you on, know, I man, I was on. good. What I could not home say? after that.
1: I told everybody here, I said, I know you, and you uh, and I talk about Disney all the yes. time, and I said, he's doing this because mm-hmm.
0: he's going he's to go to Disney. We got to go to Disneyland, hang out, meet Mickey. They gave me so much FaceTime on that episode, yo. <laughs> For real, you'd have thought it was Dance with the Stars presents Jimmy Allen at Disney Week.
1: That's uh, perfect. But
0: then we just kept going, and we got to week 8 out of 10, yeah. which was great. And I'm honestly, when we got eliminated... I knew I was going to get eliminated. Was it a relief? I felt it was. I felt it. I felt when I got that first eight and heard the comments, I said, "Oh, we up out of here." So before we even got to the next dance, the the dance off, I already had my trailer packed up, ready to go. I yeah, I did. I knew I was out of there. That's so yeah. That's it. Forward, Jim Allen. We uh, went back did the dance off and then the pink slip. But there, that they, I love Dance with the Stars. I love the family. They were so great. They let me come back at the finale and not just be a part of it, but perform. Are you doing the tour? doing a couple of days on the tour, but I'm not dancing. I'm hosting. Oh. I'm hosting. The so I told her, I said, my dance days are done. Okay. Yeah, I said, I'm done. This whole dancing thing for Jimmy Allen. I said, listen, here, I'm good on that, man. I don't want to learn no more. I am danced out. What did you take
2: from your experience that you might bring into your live show? Anything?
0: Oh, yeah. I told Emma, I'm still in a bunch of her dance moves. I'm going to do them on my own terms. I ain't got to do the Paso Doble. (laughs) Nah, I'm good on that. There's a couple things in the Paso Doble I liked, like when it ended. Uh, (laughs) 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 But, uh, uh, yeah, uh, there's certain moves and stuff that I learned that I've started to incorporate on tour. And it's so funny because I'm on a Nelly tour right now. Yeah. And we both did. He did Dance with the Stars last season. That's right. And I did this year. So we've talked about that. I've done a few dance moves while me and him are on stage doing Good Times Roll together. He'll just start laughing. He's like...
1: Bro. <laughs> we are so excited for I all mean, the things that are happening, all the wait. blessings that have come your way. Thank you so much for coming oh, in, Jimmy. Wow, thank you. I'll see you at Disney World.
0: Heck yeah, Bye. we'll be there. <laughs>
2: It's time to introduce you to a new segment we're calling Family Tree, because no one has a scoop on the stars like those who have known them the longest. Isn't that the truth?
1: Okay, this episode, we are featuring an interview I did with Maddie Jackson Selectman.
2: She's Alan Jackson's daughter. Yes, Maddie is the oldest of Alan's three girls, and she grew up just outside of Nashville in Franklin, Tennessee. And we've seen glimpses of his daughters over the years. They've walked the red carpet with dad from time to time. But unfortunately, Maddie was thrust into the spotlight in September of 2018. 18, when news came out about a tragic accident.
1: Yeah, Maddie's husband Ben slipped on a boat dock in Florida where the couple was vacationing
2: and died from his injuries. Yeah, I remember that making the news at the time and the couple hadn't even been married a year yet. Now, just 11 months. It was so, so tragic.
1: But Maddie has channeled her grief and what she learned through the process into a book. It's called Lemons on Friday, Trusting God Through My Greatest Heartbreak. This interview is going to make me
2: cry, isn't it?
1: You know, actually, it was really an uplifting and hopeful conversation. And of course, we also talk about things like what kind of perks come with being a celebrity daughter and her favorite song of her dad's. Is it the one she was in the video for? No, but we do talk about that video as well as what it was like to write a song with her father.
2: I mean, no big deal. He just happens to be in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. This happens. Well, she sounds like a really, really strong, amazing woman. So let's meet her, Maddie Jackson Selectman on Family Tree.
4: People ask, like, what was it like growing up with a superstar dad? And I truly can say, with with full honesty, I don't know the difference because his first number one hit went number one here in the real world, like the month before I was born. So, like May 1990. But here he-
1: there a point where you kind of sort of clued into dad's job isn't like other dad's jobs?
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a weird story. But I remember like having a show and tell or something, you know, in elementary school and bringing in just like boxes full of his tour merch t-shirts and stuff and like giving them away to the whole third grade class. And I think that was the point where I was like oh yeah, this isn't normal. <laughs> this is, nobody else's dad's face is on 500 t-shirts. Was there a special moment that you can remember that
1: you were like, all right, it's cool that this was the moment that dad's fame afforded us. Like
4: there was some VIP moment where you got to meet somebody that you yeah. were like, okay, that was pretty cool. Okay, well, number one embarrassing was getting to meet in sync backstage when I was like, I don't, I don't know, eight. When were they late 90s? We're back there with them and their like frosted tip hair and all the stuff. So that was super awesome as a kid. I remember being <laughs> like, man, this is going to work out really well for us. If we're going to keep getting to go backstage I like, and all these I like
1: this, Dad. I like and, this. And
4: uh, also the fast passes at Disney World. That was like clutch. I'm grown up now, three daughters a mom. Let them drive my old Jeep across the pasture at our home. Tell me about the video for Drive. That was so wild, like, because it was obviously a green screen. You know, the whole background is very artistic, animated video. And you know, I was 12 when we shot that video, 12 or 13. So we go into the studio and we're in his Bronco or Jeep or whatever it was, just totally simulated. And they're like, act normal. And I was like, this isn't normal. What do you want me to do? Like we're normally driving in a pasture. I don't have any shoes on. And now I'm like full hair and makeup and I'm so awkward and 12 years old, but it was, uh, it was a fun experience. Okay. So the catalog is deep and wide. What's your favorite song of your dad's? You know, I love the ballads. I really do. I love the old ballads off the first albums. I love Here in the Real World. Obviously, that's they call me Here in the Real World, baby. I love Wanted so much. Wanted, a good hearted woman to forgive imperfection, the whole thing. That's always been one of my favorites. I will say there is one off his new album that if y'all haven't listened to yet, called A Man Who Never Cries. If you look closely deep in my eyes, you might see a few happy tears. From a man who never cried. Oh my gosh, you will ball thinking of your dad. It is the sweetest song. I would just say go listen to it. I've basically have it on repeat in the car. Racing the Dark is the name of the yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah. Was this the first song
1: you've ever written?
4: Yes. Yeah. It was, it was at the end of kind of the, the serious parts of quarantine last year. And, you know, we all have a nice guitar that he had made for us when we were younger. And so I got it out and I was like, oh, I wonder if I can play this. So I gave it a shot. And, and, you know, at that point it was coming up on two years since I had lost my husband very suddenly. And that's just sort of the story that poured out, took it to dad, no joke on a yellow legal pad and was like, Hey, I wrote this quote unquote song. Like, can you look at this? I don't know if it's any good. And if it is, I just think it'd be cool to hear it yeah. to music. And he wrote a melody to it. And I tweaked a couple things for me. It was very, very cool to do that with him. Chasing and racing the, dog.
1: the book, Lemons on Friday, that you just put out, Trusting God Through My Greatest Heartbreak. When did you say, okay, I'm going through this, I can use
4: what I'm going through to help other people. Like I didn't have a plan, like this is going to be a book, but very early on my heartbroken, angry prayer to God was, I'm not doing this unless it matters. Like, not like I had a choice, I was doing it either way, but my heart hurts so deeply that I was, I, I just said, if this helps people, I can do it. I, it. The only thing I knew I couldn't handle was pain that felt like it didn't matter. And so that that was the one piece I had from the beginning is like, this is going to make a difference to other people in some way, whatever that looks like. Isn't she absolutely incredible?
2: Incredible. I mean, I can't even, I can't even imagine her being able to, to channel that and and inspire others that might be walking through similar emotions is just, it's so wonderful.
1: And she also said that Ben's parents told her it means the world to them. Sure. That she's using his story and keeping his memory alive through the book. gosh. So incredible. So thank you to Maddie for coming by and seeing us. And just like that, our time is up.
2: These episodes of Country Heat Weekly fly by so fast. Yes, they do. But we will be back next week and the week after that. And the week after that. (laughs) (laughs) And we're lining up a bunch of fun things for future episodes of the podcast.
1: I know we're expecting Jason Aldean to drop by sometime this month. Plus, we are going to rediscover the music of the Judds. They will be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame next year. And we're also going to introduce you to a Garth Brooks super fan.
2: And then next week, we are honoring the one-year anniversary of the death of country music legend, Charlie Pride, by rediscovering some of his music that was really impactful for Nashville.
1: Check in and let us know where you're listening from. Use that hashtag, Country Heat Weekly. You can find me on Instagram, at theKellysutton. And I'm at, hey,
2: it's Amber A.
1: Before we let you go, we want to let you eavesdrop as we ask the stars a burning question. Now, this one has been
2: so much fun. I think we're going to have to have several installments. Oh, for sure. You know artists spend so much of their life on the road, which means they make a lot of pit stops at truck stops.
1: So our burning question of the week, the bus pulls off the interstate to fuel up.
2: What's Your Truck Stop Must Have? Check out these hot takes from Brett Eldridge, Luke Combs, Sam Hunt, Carly Pierce, and against our better judgment, Trey Atkins.
4: I'm always trying to find something healthy, and it's always like those taquito things rolling around or some old hot dog that's been there for a month. When I go to a truck stop, I just buy yogurt. I do like sunflower seeds a lot. I don't know that's a boring answer. Nowadays, I keep it simple, cashews and water. Every time I go to the truck stop, I have to buy Orbit gum. Orbit gum sweet mint. You will never find a fresher can of snuff than at the truck stop Because they're about the only places that still sell it They st- they move it so fast that it's fresh It's always going to be fresh So, yeah, you need a good fresh can of snuff Stop at the truck stop
1: Oh, Trace, oh come on <laughs> Okay, kids, pay no attention to Trace None Stay away from the tobacco <laughs> Country Heat Weekly is a collaborative production between Amazon Music and Nevermind Media. Executive producer, Melissa Locker. Senior
2: producer, Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Detheridge. Sound design by Tim Inonkel. Production assistance from Annie Reuter and Debbie Daughtry.
1: Our theme song, Country Time,
2: was written and performed by Mia Byrne. Additional music from Madeline McCormack. The Amazon Music Team includes Nathan Brackett, Emily Cohen, Chris Graham, Cam Ferrelli, Michelle Kammerer, Eliza Mills, Morgan Jones, and Raymond Roker. Development consultant, Michelle Dix.
1: Additional production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Abby, and all the other very good dogs out there.
2: Be sure to follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop.